I am recording. I am also recording. Hey, sweet. Hi. It's a podcast. Yay. We're back. And we're back without Simon. Yeah, just just the two of us. Oh, I'm really loud. I gotta I gotta turn my volume down. <laughs> <laughs> we can Okay. okay. That's whoop, nope, still loud. Simon's not here, so apparently I'm making up for it by being really loud. Okay, that's better. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. You're good now? <laughs> no, just still turn it down. Okay, good. That's better. Oh my god. I don't know what happened. I was testing it all and it all seemed great. And then, so I'll describe to the audience my audio setup, which will excuse part of this. So I have a Chromebook that's connected to Skype and that's running into our soundboard. And I have my laptop running to the soundboard. And then I have my recording microphone clamped and vice gripped to the table because I forgot the bottom of my mic stand. And then so Abby can hear me, I have Bluetooth headphones hanging off my microphone. Yep, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty great. It just sounds so hacky, but I love that it works. Yeah, and then next to, on the other side of the wall in the room that I'm recording, there's my neighbor with a um, backhoe, like a bobcat, digging up his driveway. And apparently now he's using some kind of like gasoline concrete cutter. So if you can hear that, that's that's the sound of driveways being cut up. So you didn't tell him good. that you're a very important person doing a very important podcast. And well, that I was. Should be quiet. I know I was going to go out and be like, "Hey, I'm recording a podcast," and also my daughter is sleeping. So, could you not work? But I feel like that'd be kind of a dick move, especially yeah, since he's early. also our, he's also a contractor. So I feel like that's probably yeah, maybe not, not the kind upsetting of, yeah. him. Anyway, yeah. I, uh, we digress. <laughs> that's not what the podcast yeah. is about this week. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so Simon's not here because he decided to go to the cottage and relax. Yeah, be um, with his family or, or something weird like that. Yeah, but we're back. We're back from vacation. We had three weeks mm-hmm. off because of vacation. Let's say vacation, not just that we couldn't find it a good time to record. Yeah, no vacation. <laughs> yeah, and uh, while we were on vacation, uh, I'll mention right up front, uh, I discovered that we were no longer on iTunes. You may, have, you may have noticed that, and yeah. uh, that was a weird thing. Apparently, what happened was iTunes screwed up our metadata and replaced our podcast with a really nice gentleman who has a podcast on retinal eye surgery in Florida. And so (laughs) they basically took all of our episodes and replaced them with his episodes and the name of his podcast and everything. His was still there. Like he still had his podcast, but he also had our podcast. (laughs) And so I emailed him and I'm like, why do you have our podcast? And he went back. He's like, I have no idea. I also have my own. So something must be gone. Something must be terribly wrong. So Basically, I had to delete our podcast and recreate it, so we lost all of our iTunes ratings. So, if you're listening and you like my diatribe on my audio setup and my neighbor, um, go to iTunes and rate us. <laughs> Tell them that my my little stories are worth five stars. Yes. <laughs> and Simon uh, not being here is worth five stars. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Simon. No, nah, that's not true. And so I guess we also want to say thank you to the person who pointed out the fact that we weren't on iTunes. Yes, absolutely. Was, yeah. I, I don't uh, know his name. It was I don't on remember Twitter, either. Right? It was on Twitter. Yeah. I, I don't frequent Twitter a whole lot because I don't have the app installed. So I just try to check it about once a week. And I should have checked it earlier because a, a, a very nice listener asked us if, why we weren't on iTunes anymore. And my answer was, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the way, a few weeks ago, we had mentioned that we were no longer on Overcast. That would be why. 
So that was was it. Yeah. yeah, Don't bother Marco Arman about the fact that we aren't on Overcast. It's not his fault. It's actually surprisingly Apple's fault. Yep. Harass them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. No, no, don't do that. Anyway, um, Abby and I are hanging out this week and uh, Mm. we were going to chat a little. We were going to, again, live up to our our category on iTunes of tech news and talk about the biggest thing in tech news in the last few weeks while we were on vacation. Probably. Probably (laughs) Probably the biggest. And that's the Tesla Model 3 being released finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll give a little intro and then uh, I have some opinionated questions for Abby. Not opinionated questions, but questions to try to get her opinion. Opinion seeking questions. There you go. All right. Nice. So, yeah. So, the Tesla Model 3 was released. It's the culmination of... Well, if, if you believe the media, it's the culmination of all of Elon Musk's dreams and aspirations. Um, <laughs> he's basically been building Tesla from the beginning in order to be able to create the Model 3. Um, his plan for the last 12 or fifth or 13 years has been to create Tesla, build high-end luxury vehicles, sell enough that he could make money that could be repurposed into creating a sustainable business for a low cost in quotes um, electric car Mm -hmm. because obviously going straight into a low cost electric car as a brand new startup is not the most feasible thing. Very tough. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of companies have already shown that. So he decided to go the different route, go high end and then try to work his way down. So he did model S he did the model X and now he's done the model three and it's finally released. It's probably 35,000 US. I don't actually know what it's going for, but that was what was promised. Mm-hmm. And the, uh the like basic version, right? Yeah, the for the base model, model yeah. 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 So that was the that was the idea and uh I have no idea what it would cost here in Canada. I'm only assuming that it would cost probably closer to 50 just because mm-hmm. uh of import and tax and exchange rates and all the rest of it, but I'm sure there are lots of tax breaks and incentives and things like that. So it could be pretty reasonable. Like that basically when you talk about a reasonable, the model three being a reasonably priced card, that would be for a luxury style vehicle, like for something yes. that is not your Honda civic or Toyota Corolla. This is like on par with probably like a BMW three series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting because it's the lowest, the lower cost, uh, tesla it has a range of something like 230 miles which is pretty good yeah and uh that's the idea so the there are a few things to to talk about in terms of where this falls into the the realm of technology and things we think we would use but to me the most interesting thing is that the uh photos they've released of the interior of the vehicle I haven't seen one in okay. real life, obviously. There aren't very many in existence, but mm-hmm. the models, the, the photos they released show the interior as being essentially just a dashboard, like a plain dashboard, nothing on it, and a big like 19-inch touchscreen or like larger touchscreen in the middle of the dash and a steering wheel, and that's it. There's no, Weird. there's like no, I don't think there's a gear shifter. There might be buttons somewhere, um, but there's no like... Uh, like console like there's no like heads up um mm-hmm. dial cluster um it's just basically the screen so and that's and that's like next to the driver like in between the two front seats yeah. or where is that located yeah okay. exactly like where you would have your um center console yeah yeah so they're, they're basically what odd. you get is a big screen and it's in the middle of the car and that's it so what they're saying is basically for now it'll be a bit awkward 
because you have to look over to your right at the dashboard to see how fast you're going. Mm-hmm. But because it has autopilot and it has all of the features that accompany autopilot and their ultimate goal is to build out that system so that most of the time you don't have to be driving. Like I think in his media event, he said something along the lines of uh, eventually, like in the next, before too many years have gone by, most of your time in a Model 3 will be spent like reading your email or watching a movie or chatting with your friends and not wow. actually worrying about driving. So they didn't put a instrument cluster into the car because eventually they won't need one. Okay. And so I guess that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fair, but it's it feels a little bit like this. It probably is a little bit unfair, but it feels a little bit like removing a headphone jack or going with USB C, because it's sort of <laughs> like this is the thing that will be useful in the future, so we're going to do it now. But it's yeah. still a little bit user hostile now because it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I it's guess a it's a weird transition period. Yeah. And so I was like, it just, it looks weird and it just, it, I don't know. Like, would, would you feel comfortable driving a car that is just basically a steering wheel and a dashboard? No, because I mean, what I've always known as a car has been things up like heads up display and like being able to read what speed I'm going while I'm driving. Just the most basic things like that. That's what feels like a car. And so it's just going to feel like a very different experience, I think, when you get in and just start touching a screen and everything happens around you i don't know yeah i feel like it's also odd too because there's only i think um a somewhat limited number of roads in north america that you can drive a tesla model 3 on without like with using the autopilot because the autopilot the autopilot um essentially as far as i understand is based around prior knowledge from other teslas having driven in that area so okay. you, most highways are, you can pretty reasonably use autopilot because there have been other Teslas on that road that have learned where the road is. So like it has a yeah. pretty good idea based on GPS and based on the real-time sensors built into the car of where it is and what it needs to do to stay on the road. Like there's lane mm-hmm. fault, like the, all most cars nowadays that are on the higher end have lane assist and radar guided cruise control and stuff like that. That does a pretty good job of keeping you where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and for the roads that aren't, easy to do if they've been frequented enough by teslas they learn the road and so on that heads up on that sort of like big touch screen you have a map of where you are and the color of the road signifies the confidence that the tesla system has in where that road is and where it needs to be to drive on it okay so but i don't think that that necessarily works in most places in Canada, I would assume, because I don't think we have nearly as many Teslas here as we do in, as they do in the States. And no. obviously in the States, it's pretty solid in California. But I think it probably starts to fade away once you get outside of the West Coast. And once you get, yeah. especially once you get off of the, the interstate. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea about Europe or anywhere else in the world, how, how reliable that would be. So I feel like it's, I don't know, it's a little premature, but I don't know. I guess that's how you push things forward. Okay, so they need kind of the uh, the first few people who are driving these vehicles to kind of be guinea pigs for this, like, system? To kind of, I don't know, guinea pigs, but, like, worker ants? I don't yeah. know why I'm going to animals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of their, uh, part of what they are, I would assume, doing as a company in terms of their IP and what they can use as justification for why they're worth money is gathering that data. Like they have probably mm-hmm. by far the most um, information on how autonomous vehicles drive than any other company except possibly Google, but I would assume they're way, way far ahead of Google. 
because mm-hmm. they just have a bigger fleet. Like nobody has as many cars as they do on the road. Yeah, they're not obviously always true. or even most of the time using autopilot, but still they've got they've got that potential pool of of information that they can use to train their AI and train um, and learn about how people drive and that kind of thing. Their Tesla models for at least the last few years have had autopilot running in the background all the time. It just yeah. isn't actually driving the car. You're driving the car, but it's in the background, uh, essentially fake driving. Like it, it's simulated driving so that it can learn what you do versus what it would have done. And and sp- oh, okay. it's sort of like uh, reinforcement learning. It's watching you do things while at the same time as it's trying to do things. And it's like, oh, I would have, I would have veered a little bit to the left and you didn't. Hmm, maybe I should think about not doing that or... The more you do it, and the more that it makes mistakes, it learns about how you drive as a person. That's awesome. Which maybe in and of itself is a bad idea. I don't necessarily think that AIs should learn from people. They should probably learn from themselves because people aren't the best drivers all the time, necessarily. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm perfect, but... that Obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's uh, it's an interesting... From that aspect of they they've designed the car around a future use case that doesn't exist necessarily mm. all the yeah. time at the moment it was just it was interesting and uh i mean it sort of speaks of where they want to go with it because the we were reading recently about uh the summon feature on teslas which uh is interesting What's that? okay so the summon feature we were actually using it as a case study for um an uh lab that we're building right now at our company for first year students to give them a okay. sort of a experience with using robots and getting them to drive around and do things autonomously so we're kind of framing it as like you're going to build something like the summon mode on a tesla and what the summon mode is is at currently um using the tesla app like you have a mobile app on your phone mm-hmm. you activate summon when you get to your house and you get out of your car and it basically okay. opens your garage door drives itself into your garage and closes the door and then in the morning when you're ready to go to work, you press summon, it opens the door, pulls out into your driveway and closes the door for you. Cool. Which is kind of neat. And I th- it also does yeah. things like it can it can park itself in a parking spot and stuff like that. But what they ultimately wanted to do is they want to combine autopilot with that summon feature. And what they ha- say on their website is they want to create a system where anywhere in North America, between New York and San Francisco, you could pull out your phone and say, car, I summon thou, and it will drive to you, <laughs> no matter where it is in North, in like Amer- in essentially the States, I would assume. Okay. So your car could be in Vermont, and you could be in Alabama, and you could be like, car, come to me, and it would drive across the country to you. And how, how would it make stops and do things that it needs to do? Refuel, that's, re-energize? I, that's what it's doing now. It's learning about uh, how to drive itself and then I, I presumably they will have the ability for them to go to uh quick charge stations and charging stations and things like that and and recharge themselves it would have to go between tesla branded stations i would assume mm-hmm. because they would have some mechanism to automatically charge the cars that arrive there they have already a, a system they were even they were either thinking about or may have implemented in some spots where instead of charging Teslas, they robotically remove the battery from the bottom of the car and replace it with a a full one. So, I mean, that kind of Mm -hmm. system could work pretty well. Um, But ultimately, what they're driving at is the ability for car sharing to become the ultimate incantation 
or incarnation, I should say, of uh, of what Teslas are. So you don't own your car. Well, sorry, you do own your car, but you don't drive it all the time. You drive your the car drives you to work, and then the car goes off to start its work day, and it takes people around your city or your your whatever your state. And then at the end of the day, you say, "Car, I'm leaving work," and it comes and gets you. And then it drops you off at home, and it goes off and spends the evening driving people around. And they, I assume, would pay you for the use mm-hmm. of your car um, to su- subsidize the cost of you buying it or something along those yeah. lines. Um, it would have the ability to charge itself using solar panels, potentially, or it would have the ability to charge itself when it gets back to your house using the Tesla roof tiles that uh, Solar City developed that are solar panels and mm-hmm. the batteries they developed that go in your garage and all that kind of stuff. So they're building out the infrastructure for, for you to basically not have to drive your car people other people drive your car and it drives you and then it basically is like public transit that you own have they stated that this is like one of their goals with the system yeah okay that was that's, that's I mean, interesting i mean I, he has these 10-year plans that elon musk comes out with i think we talked about the last time he came out with it and as far as i know that was one of the one of the ultimate goals of what he wants to do with tesla and definitely one of the ultimate goals was to have the cars uh essentially go and do things f- while you're at work or while you're not using it because they that's the that's essentially the promise of what autonomous cars are you don't use your car nearly half the time yeah so you might as well do it sure. might as well do other things while you're you're not using it and electric cars i would assume are easier to maintain because they're simpler as a, a mechanism you're not the way that I described it to my wife when we were having this conversation is internal combustion engines are exactly that. You have, you're containing explosions at uh, presumably thousands of times per minute. Mm-hmm. And electric cars, you're not. You're just giving them voltage and current. Yeah. So I would assume, and I think the assumption is predominant, that electric cars are way simpler to maintain and probably pretty much more reliable than most internal combustion engines. So... Mm-hmm. I can only assume that uh, you wouldn't have to really worry about wear and tear all that much. So yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, it is. and this is the beginning it is of it. It'll be it'll be fun to watch where it goes. the uh, The conversation we were having was about whether or not we would actually buy one. So okay. So I'll what are ask your you reservations? That. Well, if you have any? I don't know. What What do you think? First off, before I get into why we would or would not buy one. Um. Assuming that it's about 50,000 Canadian and assuming that you could afford that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Okay. That first assumption needs to be met. Um, Yeah. Um, I think so. I don't think I would be um, an early adopter of it because I'm not really an early adopter of any sort of new technology. Fair. Um, But I think so in time after maybe a few years or maybe being around people who have had these vehicles because it's, I'm not fundamentally against any of the things that they're proposing or any of the things that they've um, revealed. Um, So yeah, I think I, I think I would assuming I had, you know, just a sweet 50 K just stashed away. (laughs) Sure. Assuming that uh, your husband gets some sort of high paid, rich chemical engineer job and makes all the yeah, money maybe when he's out of school um we can buy an <laughs> actual car you know fair enough yeah i mean we were we were talking about it and what i was basically doing is trying to do the mental calculations while sitting in my car without a calculator to figure out what it costs us to have our car and what it would cost us to have a model three 
And uh, because our car is pretty cheap, like we don't have a very expensive car. Um, Basically, after going through a bunch of calculations of how much we spend on maintenance and over like a five or 10 year period and how much we spend on gas, um, I was I never really thought about it, but we don't actually spend a whole lot on gas. Because okay. if you if you assume that it's like 50, 52 weeks in a year, so we're gonna have we fill up in an ideal world if we're not doing a whole lot of driving, we fill up about every second week, and mm-hmm. it costs us about fifty dollars Canadian to fill up. And so, even if you go a little bit above that and you say like maybe I'll fill up thirty times in a year, or even on in worst case like thirty five times in a year, you're yeah. still only looking at like. A couple thousand dollars a year in gas, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a thousand dollars a year in gas. Yeah, depending um, on prices, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, depending on prices. Like assuming that it is really just uh, that. Yeah, assuming that the price stays pretty pretty constant, then yeah, I mean it, it doesn't uh, really end up being all that much, which was surprising because you think about gas being really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's yeah. just where you live versus where you work and and your wife's situation and everything. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. it's between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars a year, and then that's not bad at all. You include maintenance. Maintenance is probably another thousand dollars. Insurance is basically a wash because you're gonna have to insure a car one way or another, mm-hmm. and uh, so you basically end up with like you spend amount of, an amount of money in your car, and then you spend maybe two and a half, three thousand dollars a year on top of that. It's gonna yeah. take you a long time to get to fifty thousand dollars if you buy a car that's between twenty and thirty thousand dollars. It's really something you have to believe in. Like you have to really be dedicated or at least uh, you're buying it for the fact that it's an electric car and that mm-hmm. you believe in what electric cars are doing for uh, for the future and the world and things like that, not because it's reasonably priced or it's no. going to save you any money. Yeah. No. And I mean, it's it's definitely a life situation thing as, you know, relatively young people, you just having a kid and stuff, you know, we're not just dropping all this money left, right and center, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it definitely has to be a, a thing you believe in. I, be- I agree with that. So mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe I'll change my answer. I think my husband and I would be interested, but I think it would be a future interest, not a right now interest. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be in the market for a car that's going to cost you $50,000 anyway. Like You basically mm-hmm. have to be deciding between like, okay, well, am I going to buy a BMW or am I going to buy, um, I can't think of an Audi or am I going to buy a Tesla? Like that, it, it has yeah. to be already like you're targeting that price bracket. You can't upgrade yourself from twenty to 30000 to 50000 ex- and expect that it's going to end up in the long run costing you the same because it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe that's what he's trying to do with the other elements of it, the whole car sharing aspect. Maybe it is supposed to be a revenue generating uh, thing that you invest in in the future. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, the other part of it is obviously that they're going to start releasing things like uh, trucks, because the more I think about electric cars and where they're going, the more because there's a whole bunch of things come out recently where Volvo is saying by 2020 all of their vehicles will be electric somehow like either hybrid or fully electric yeah um a few weeks ago yeah it's amazing a few weeks ago great britain said that by 2040 they will be entirely internal combustion free wow 
um, which is like 2040 is a long way away. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a it's a big ask. Like that's replacing not just I was we talking about this. That's replacing not just cars, but also transport trucks and yeah. like front end loaders and backhoes and mm-hmm. uh, the like all of the snow plows that I guess they don't really need in England, but maybe they do. Like that's a that's a lot of vehicles. Maybe, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. you got to replace. Dump trucks, uh, everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you got, first, uh, I mean, having a resolution like that is good because presumably they want to drive innovation and adoption and stuff like that. But it's going to take a long time. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, it's that it is that's where it's going, I suppose. I think that's very exciting. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm glad that uh, countries are getting on board and making somewhat lofty goals, but I, th- I think mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, I think we finally got to the point where electric vehicles are not something that's going to be a fad that comes and goes. Like, a, there's the, the a while ago there was a documentary about electric vehicles that started coming out in the 90s, mm-hmm. and then they kind of got uh, squashed, presumably I think according to the documentary by lobbyists and big oil and stuff like that yeah um i think we're finally at a point where that isn't going to happen it is it is really where vehicles are going it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of time and battery technology and things like that yeah yeah it's interesting and then the i guess the other big media along the lines of tesla was that their director of battery innovation i believe the guy who was running the gigafactory just left so i don't know what that is uh with that i know it was involved in that but yeah most uh, yeah. most media outlets were saying it was probably not very good timing because Tesla is going into what um, Elon Musk was describing as uh, the like production valley of hell or whatever. It's something to do with it being like a hellscape <laughs> of production where they're going from a basically their current just starting to produce their cars. Maybe I think they've already they've only done like thirty or fifty. To mm-hmm. I think by the by the end of the fall they want to be producing a thousand a month to by next year they want to producing like 10,000 a month like it's they're ramping wow. like crazy and oh yeah apparently it's well you can only assume it's not easy and it's going to be a, a hell of a lot of work and yeah if they there everyone seems to be saying also if they don't do it it's not going to be a very good uh future for tesla because they put all their eggs in the model 3 basket they've been building towards this for the entire company's history if they don't succeed I don't know. It doesn't really bode well. That's true. <laughs> we just double down on making underground trains and rockets and stuff. <laughs> That's another weird thing. Hyperloop's been in the news a lot recently. If we want to switch gears for f- five or ten minutes and talk about Hyperloop, we they can do that, uh, yeah. Hyperloop do you one want to just describe briefly what Hyperloop. Yeah, is? sure. So okay. Hyperloop's weird because uh, for a number of reasons, Hyperloop <laughs> was a concept that was desi- sort of like designed by. Elon Musk and Tesla and then open sourced. Mm-hmm. So Tesla doesn't actually make Hyperloop. They planned and designed the idea of Hyperloop and then other companies are building yeah. it. Okay. And the idea is that it's an underground tube. Um, it's called Hyperloop because the assumption is that it would be a loop, like a big ring. Mm-hmm. And you have a pod that goes inside the tunnel that's on magnetic, like it's magnetically elevated. So kind of like mm-hmm. uh, the speed trains in Japan. It's a maglev. Yeah. And uh, the tube is under vacuum. The whole idea of it being an under tube is you can pull a vacuum, not like a absolute vacuum, but a pretty heavy vacuum. Yeah. And that allows you to go a hell of a lot faster because it reduces wind resistance. And mm-hmm. so what you basically end up with is a little pod 
that can hold a few people that's in a tube that goes, I don't know the speed. I think it's like 700 kilometers an hour or something, something absurd. Uh, yeah. And uh, so the whole promise is that you could get from, I don't know, like Los Angeles to San Diego, or I don't know. I'm not entirely sure whether they just, uh, Elon Musk had a weird thing where he tweeted that he was talking to officials in the white house and they had said they were going to build a hyperloop that would go from new york to washington dc okay um and then to minnesota or something or like milwaukee or something there was a weird final destination that was like he was like milwaukee or something and it, they were really confused so as to where, where that was no one wants to go okay yeah i don't know what it was <laughs> wow that's <laughs> <laughs> that's mean <laughs> i've never been to either of these states i'm sure they're lovely <laughs> they were actually joking that it was gonna bypass new jersey which would uh probably not be super popular either but no the uh yeah the idea is basically they're gonna they're gonna build them underground presumably it's gonna take a long time probably except elon musk has his own boring company now because called literally the boring company Okay. Uh, because I guess he doesn't want to have to wait around for people to build Hyperloop tunnels. And so he wants to build his own tunnels. He wants to yeah. tunnel under Los Angeles to reduce traffic, and it, mm-hmm. which is sort of bananas. There's a whole bunch of reasons why it's bananas. But I don't yeah. know. It's Elon Musk. He can do whatever he wants. Right now, he's <laughs> literally tunneling under the parking lot at Tesla. And uh, so it's... <laughs> it's I, that's like the most hilarious thing. There is a, a really good It doesn't sound bit. real, like any no. of it, really. Like, we're going to make tunnels. Like, if you think about being an ultra-rich engineer when you're a kid, when you're, like, eight years old, you're like, I'm going to build rocket ships, and I'm going to build fast cars, and I'm going to build big tunnels underground, and, like, trains, and, like, I'm going to do all this awesome stuff, because I'm going to be an engineer, and then, like, yeah, he's literally just checking them off. He's like, yep, underground tunnels. He kept all those ideas, and then just learned how to actually go through with them. I'm going to go to Mars. Yeah, like, like, (laughs) it's pretty pretty magical. It is. (laughs) What a guy. Um, but at the same time, like the Hyperloop One, which is the the leading company in Hyperloop development, just this past week, they uh, field tested the pods for the first time. So that bef- oh, wow. up until now, they've had just little carts, like little kind of metal. Uh, they look like a little kind of sled. That, okay. uh, and they've been sending them back and forth in their Hyperloop tunnel at various speeds. But they just this week actually tested a full pod um, at cool. a reasonable speed. I think it was like... 100 kilometers an hour or something so like pretty right. fast yeah um so they're getting there they're actually they're doing it that's sweet. so that's kind of neat yeah i have no idea where that's going but it's an interesting thing that again elon musk has decided in his eight-year-old dreams he will build <laughs> or others will build for him and he will take advantage of so, i hope that goes somewhere because it sounds like i feel like a lot of things are up against uh super fast bullets and tunnels really um mm-hmm. but it's just such a neat concept that i hope that gets used in even if it's in a small way yeah yeah it is really cool because it is like literally things of the future because it's it like it's that kind of style of like what you think the future will be like when you're a kid like there's electric cars and high-speed underground trains and rocket ships that go to mars like it's it, it's fun to see stuff like that start to come to pass mm-hmm Anyway, it's cool. It I, is. And the, other, the other interesting thing was I was talking to my wife about how when, and this has been, people have mentioned this before, but I thought it was kind of neat. When our daughter is 16, she probably won't have to get a driver's license. So weird. <laughs> yeah. Unless she wants to. And I was saying, I'll be like the weird old dad who like still drives a car and 
<laughs> doesn't want to like be driven around even though like i will probably have a car like that it would be fun to have like a like the guys who have like classic cars nowadays it'd be the same sort of thing but a classic car would just be like a regular car from nowadays from, yeah from 2015 yeah very classic yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that being said, though, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of countries in the world, uh, be they still developing or underdeveloped oh, yeah. countries that will not have this technology. I mean, Maybe. I can definitely, I mean, there's plenty of places where you say you're on a trip or a thing and then you go onto the streets and you're like, wow, I didn't know cars like that existed anymore. So like why Cuba? would that be yeah. any different? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, the interesting thing is that... Um, I wouldn't be like it's possible that a lot of countries will skip current tech. Like obviously they're not going to skip internal combustion engines. That's already a given. But mm-hmm. um, the example that I'm thinking of is uh, Simon was talking about how I'll talk about Simon's story while he's not here. Okay, um, good. In Africa, as opposed to putting in uh, cable for internet, because most a lot, a lot of regions of Africa still don't have internet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Facebook's building solar planes and elon musk is building internet blasting satellites and stuff like that because they want to be able to spread the internet around so they make money um the uh the infrastructure isn't there and they don't have the time or effort or ability well they probably have the ability but time effort and money to uh Mm -hmm. to lay existing tech being ground cables yeah and so they're going straight to um mesh networks basically like high-speed mesh networks so they basically put broadcast like wi-fi broadcasting in every town and they just like mesh entire regions wow which is pretty sweet because that's like that's the what we would presumably want to do eventually in the future is as opposed to having little mesh networks in your house like he was saying you couple them to your neighbors and then both of you share your internet connection if it's fast enough because um a lot of times mesh will give you better coverage because you have redundant connections yeah you're not you're not funneling everything through a single connection so if you have at one end or at a couple of ends a uh, fiber optic backbone, you can mesh out the almost like a, a whole network of Wi-Fi hotspots and mm-hmm. you get pretty reliable speed and coverage without having to invest in actual cabling. That's awesome. Yeah. That so makes it's neat. Sense, so that, exactly. So, I mean, it, it's the sort of thing where if you don't have anything, and I'm not saying that countries don't have cars, but if you don't have anything and you have to build something, you almost might as well double down and build something that will be relevant in the future. Mm-hmm. So at countries that don't have public transit or they'd have problems with public transit, they could go straight to things like a Hyperloop because that will give them infrastructure that will last the next 50 or 100 years as opposed to slowly incrementing on diesel engines and things like that. That's true. But it takes investment, and that's the big key. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah cool stuff that was cool you uh you described a lot of things to me that i've heard in the news but you know i've skimmed through articles but i i haven't you know really taken the time to explore so so thank you for that peter no good uh, my pleasure i uh i hope i didn't screw any of it up too bad <laughs> maybe <laughs> a lot of these articles i read a while ago so i'm paraphrasing and probably getting some things wrong all right. Well, if you are, then I'm sure our listeners will catch it and then they can uh, tweet at us or Facebook message us or guess get in contact with us. Yeah. Facebook Messenger is uh, pretty good and uh, putting comments on the website is pretty good because we get emails on that immediately. But Twitter takes a while. So if you, if you tweet at us, that's great, but it may take us a little while to get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh yeah please rate us on itunes so that we can get our listeners back and uh yeah nice talking to you yeah bye now bye